Thank you for hitting the download and subscribe button on iTunes and Google Play. This is the Fight Talk Podcast. I am Steven Jensen. Thanks for tuning in today. This is going to be a conversation with Evan Burke, who is a comedian. He's also an on-air correspondent out of New York for TMZ. We're going to be doing a review of WWE SummerSlam, as well as NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. But first, before we get started, it's a great conversation. Make sure to check out WrestleRumble.com. Hope you guys did well on your picks. SummerSlam was a crazy show, as me and Evan are going to talk about. And jump on WrestleRumble.com. Make sure you check out uh, the t-shirts on there. Make sure you stay up to date with all the contests on Twitter, at WrestleRumble. And I hope you won some prizes. I don't think I'll be winning anything. I didn't do too great on, on my predictions. But make sure you get your next uh, predictions in because they do them pretty much every pay-per-view. So jump on there. Be a part of WrestleRumble.com. The, the contests are awesome. Also, make sure to check out Heroes and Legends, who are celebrating 15 years in business. They are a pro wrestling collectible company that specialize in action figures, vintage magazines and programs, DVDs, autograph memorabilia, and other unique pro wrestling memorabilia. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at HL Pro Wrestling, and they can be found at the following dates. There is Universal Championship Wrestling, Fury Road, that's UCW, that'll be September the 16th in Owensburg, Kentucky, and after that, WrestleCade in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, November the 25th, Ken Shamrock and Dan Severn will be live in the house doing autographs, taking pictures, interviews, meet and greet, great stuff, really looking forward to that. I'm going to be making the trip also to Winston-Salem, and I might be there as well at UCW, so I plan on being at most of these shows, so check me out and say hey to the folks at Heroes and Legends while you're out there as well. Also, shout out to Brian Jensen. Me and Evan actually mentioned him at the beginning of our conversation. Check him out at Delgado Boxing. He's a USA boxing coach, personal trainer, and MMA conditioning uh, conditioning expert, I should say, out of Sandy Springs, Georgia, and that's in the Atlanta, Georgia area. So make sure to give him a call at 404-316-4516 or email him directly at brian at delgadoboxing.net. That is B-R-Y-A-N at delgadoboxing.net. We got Mayweather McGregor coming up on Saturday. Make sure to uh, get your boxing on. I mean, everyone's talking about it. Even if you're not in the Atlanta area, hit up Brian because he can still help you out, give you some tips, help you get in better shape, all that good stuff. And follow him on Instagram as well at BMJMMA. Get a knockout workout without getting knocked out. Hit up Brian Jensen at Delgado Boxing right now. And last but never least, Williamson Brothers Barbecue has the best barbecue sauce in the world. Go on Walmart.com, go to the search bar, and type in Williamson Bros., Find it right there, real easy. They have a website as well, williamsonbros.com. All natural ingredients. Uh, They can be found on the shelf at Whole Foods, Kroger, uh, I mean Publix. They're in a whole bunch of different distribution channels. Just, you know, not in every single one of them, but they're all over the place. Like 2,000 of them in the uh, southeast region. Their stuff is all natural ingredients, like I mentioned. Family-owned business. Can't say enough good things about them. Their sauces are delicious. So are their rubs, spices. And they have three physical locations in, in the Atlanta, Georgia area, too. Go try it yourself in person. So once again, check out Williamson Brothers Barbecue. With that all being said, kick back, relax, and enjoy this NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3, as well as WWE SummerSlam 2017 reviews here on the Fight Talk Podcast with Evan Burke. Hey everybody, welcome to Fight Talk. This is Steven Jensen. Today's episode, I've got Evan Burke with me. He was a stand-up comedian, just an overall comedian, funny guy, 
and also a correspondent for TMZ. Am I saying that correctly, Evan? Yeah, you can say, yeah. You know, I just uh, interview celebrities, and then I uh, go on air and talk about it. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> there you go. New York correspondent. New York, New York correspondent. I've known Evan for a long time. Uh, I mean, I'm 29 years old. You're, what, 26, 27, 26. something like that? 26. 26. Um, same age as my brother, uh, Brian Jensen from Delgado Boxing, who sponsors the podcast as well. So shout out to Great Brian. Guy. I know Brian, uh, Brian a long time, known the Jensen family a long time. Yeah. Uh, love how this is all coming full circle. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Thank you very much for coming on. Uh, me and Evan caught, caught up for the last half hour or so before we got recording. So I'm not going to do the whole kind of cookie cutter, how you doing today thing. Cause I already know how he's doing and you guys will get an idea for how he's doing throughout the show. Um, and Evan's also, you know, on top of being a part of TMZ and being a comedian, he is a big lifelong professional wrestling fan. So, yeah. so this isn't just like having some, you know, not, not that I'm saying, you know, a guy like Tony Hinchcliffe, who's been on the show, also a stand-up comedian, also a major wrestling fan. I'm not just getting just random people. These are people who are legitimate fans. Um, Evan was, he was live in the house. At SummerSlam last night, we're recording this on Monday, a couple hours before the solar eclipse. Uh, oh man, that's which is crazy. I was doing a lot of googling on that, and uh, I don't know. Stay away from the internet, guys, unless you're on Fight Talk. Yeah, yeah. No. I, I agree, man. I couldn't agree more. Or TMZ.com. I'll say that from my. <laughs> um, I am not affiliated with them, just for the record. Um, but. So Evan was live at SummerSlam, uh, was not live at NXT TakeOver, but did watch the show, so we're going to touch on that as well. And first and foremost, man, just your thoughts just overall on the SummerSlam, SummerSlam experience as a fan being there live. Yeah, so SummerSlam was, was pretty incredible. Um, I was so excited. I, I've been in New York about three years, and the past two years, I've, gone, I've always gone to the Raw after SummerSlam because it was always the cheaper ticket. And I would never be able to get SummerSlam tickets in time. Uh, but this year, I made it a point to get those SummerSlam tickets in. Unbelievable. I mean, the, the, the crowd was... I mean, it was one of the best WWE crowds I've ever experienced. I, um, I've been to a pay-per-view before. I went to an Armageddon, I think, back in 2004 or 03 in Atlanta. It's an old-school pay-per-view name right there, Armageddon. Yeah, old Armageddon. And, and I mean, I'm not going to lie, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it was nothing compared... Uh, to SummerSlam last night. I mean, just non-stop matches. Uh, what I will say is, uh, Barclays Center, get your shit together. Uh, there was nobody at the first match. Uh, the Hardy Boys, uh, the first pre-show, pre-show match. Yeah, uh, the like six hadn't man. They not let anyone in. <coughs> and um, the match already started. I mean, there were a bunch of people that wanted to get there at doors. Uh, to see the match. And then there were a lot of people saying there was misinformation about what time the show was actually going to start. So just saying, guys, I had a great time. Uh, but I know some people, you know, WWE fans can get aggressive when they uh, when they feel like they've been slighted. Yeah. So. Dude, well, yeah, that's that's a bummer. I've, I've been a part of that myself a few times, like going to some shows. I talked about it pretty recently. I went to St. Louis for Money in the Bank. And I think it was the Scotch Trade Center, I think, is is that venue. And not only did they not have their shit together, like, logistically, they 
this takes way too long to get into this story, but they also wouldn't allow me into my front row seat, believe it or not. I had a front row seat for Money in the Bank, and I had I had two tickets. One was one that I purchased higher up, and one was gifted to me through a friend of the podcast. And I didn't notice, but it was a print-only ticket, and I had it on my phone, and they wouldn't let me go down there. So I will, I mean, I go to St. Louis once a month. I was just there yesterday uh, in the St. Louis area. I mean, nothing against the city of St. Louis, but that Scotch Race Center doesn't have it together. Barclays Center, get your shit together because yeah. you don't want to I mean, lose business over something that stupid. Well, there's also a ton of people that were pumped to see the Hardy Boys. Of course. Uh, you know, the couple behind me just kept saying, man, we're not even going to get to see the Hardys. And it was like, no one saw the Hardys. That's you know, awful. I mean, if I was a performer for WWE, I'd be pretty upset um, that you're putting us on with no one, no one here. Uh, you say pre-show starts at five, doors at five, people weren't getting let until five thirty. You know, so just guys get it together, especially you know something like SummerSlam. You're you're doing this five six nights in a row at the Barclays. You figured you'd have a bit of a bit of a process in place for each night. Sure, but on top of that, I mean, these are hardcore fans, or at least fans that cared enough to come early to be there on time for a six-hour show. So on top of standing around waiting to get in, like, yeah. I mean, that's just a long day, and that's not a good way to start it off. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's amazing, man. Good, good. Well, before we talk about SummerSlam, another event that happened in the same arena the night before was NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3. We got to touch on that. And just so everyone listening kind of has an idea for what we're going to do on this episode, we're probably going to go into a bit more detail on these NXT matches. And then also um, we'll talk in detail about the bigger SummerSlam matches and then just kind of touch on the – there's just so much wrestling, so many matches. That we'd be sitting here, not not that I would be against it, but we'd be here for the next three hours talking about it. And I don't know the attention span of my listeners is that long or not, but I'm pulling up the uh, the Brooklyn card right now. And man, this this was honestly like when this show was over, I was like, I was like, there's there's gonna be it's very unlikely WWE SummerSlam can top what they did yeah, as far I mean, as. Well, another thing that I really like about NXT, aside from, like, the in-ring product and, like, the presentation, because Triple H clearly has a lot, I mean, almost all of the influence on what's going on there versus Vincent Mann in the WWE main roster side, quote-unquote. But what I like about NXT is is it's a shorter show also. It's like a two, two two-and-a-half-hour show takeover, and it's nonstop action from the start to finish with very little downtime. And exactly. and I really liked the presentation of the show, and it, and it kicked off with uh, Cien Almas versus Johnny Gargano, and that match was oh, amazing. Man, unbelievable match, dude. Unbelievable match. And we're we're doing this on Skype video, so people know it's not going to be available uh, to the listeners, unfortunately. But I can see Evan Nevin's face just now when they said I mean, that he leaned back and he was like, "Amazing." Yeah. WWE, 
SmackDown Live. Um, but after watching that, I'm like, where is this? Why, why, why is this not the face of WWE at the moment? These matches. Yeah. Um, I yeah. don't know. It was just yeah. It was a it was a realization of like. You know, people are saying, where is the next superstar that's going to take WWE to the next level? I don't think it's a superstar. I think it's a program. I think NXT is the program that, like, needs to get on television. Because that was uh, unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. I agree 100% with everything you said, man. Uh, the the Cien Almas Gargano match, I mean, that was, it was like 13 and a half minutes of just straight action. I mean, back and forth, fast-paced. Uh, wasn't sure who was going to win. Like, legitimately, multiple times thought the match was over from both guys. And, I mean, just really great stuff. Uh, what are your thoughts on CN winning that one? Because, I, I mean, I, I like both guys, so I had no problem with it. I like it. I like it. You know, um, I think, uh, you know, I think he has a really good persona. I think he has something that could really translate with, uh, with, you know, WWE fans, and I think, could do, you know, especially the main roster, uh, you know, to me, he has a very, uh, I don't know, very Eddie Guerrero feel to him, um, just with the way that, you know, he comes out and he, he really, you know, owns his style of wrestling, and um, and isn't afraid, I mean, he took a beating, he took a beating and was still able to come out on top, you know, and I think that's, that's a true testament. I mean, you know, Johnny Wrestling, was uh, was also incredibly, incredibly fun to watch. I think he's a great performer, uh, but I think he's gonna have to he's gonna have to hone a character a bit more, or at least, or at least, um, you know, I, I think you can get only so far with great wrestling ability. You know, you really need that that other thing, and, uh, and I think that he just he's a little little ways off from it, but almost there. Yeah, I got I got you, man. I I think that. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think both guys have a you know a bright future, but I agree. You know when when Gargano and Champa were teaming together, I seemed like I was in the minority with the people I was talking about because we were always talking like, well, at some point the team's going to break up. Happens to every team that looks like this. At some point there's going to be a split, and I would ask people like, who do you think is going to be the bigger star in a singles uh, uh, perspective, Gargano or Champa? And I was always saying Champa. And and most of the time, the people I was talking to were like, just disagreed. And I was always like, well, there's just something about, and that's what it is. It's the because even with a guy like Almas, yeah, he has the character of being like the, like the, he like he's like lazy, but now he's got his shit together because like this this chick is like keeping him in check. But on top of that. Not that this necessarily should get you merit in the WWE, but it does, and we're seeing it on the main roster big time right now with guys like Jinder Mahal and Shinsuke Nakamura. We'll talk about that later. But Almas being Hispanic is is massive because they don't have Alberto Del Rio anymore. They don't have Rey Mysterio anymore. They they and they have a humongous Latin American audience. And this guy, yeah, and this guy Cien Almas could could fill that void for sure. Uh, I got music playing here. My bad, guys. Oh, you're good. You can't it does you can't hear it. Okay, good. Um, yeah, some ads. But, um, yeah, and no, and, and to your point, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, WWE fans are only going to get so much of, uh, you know, big Brock Lesnar versus a big Braun Strowman versus a Roman Reigns, and then you get Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose. I mean, you got to mix it up. You got to, you just have to. And, um, and that flair is also going to make these other performers really up their game. 
Uh, you know what I mean? Because these guys are these guys are still wrestling that style of wrestling that has gotten them uh, to this point. Uh, they haven't really had to compromise on their style. Uh, doesn't seem like they're dealing with commercial breaks. You know what I mean? So right. it's just I think it's things like that that are really gonna push these other guys uh, to also be the great champions that they are. I like it, man. And after that, dude, we had a a tag team title match. It was a I mean, new champions. I didn't expect this to happen, but I don't have a problem with it. Uh, Sanity, the team of yeah, Alexander Wolf and yeah, yeah, man. And Eric Young uh, was like the surprise entrant. You know, he switched out with Killian uh, before he tagged in, which I like this too because it leaves Killian open for like the main event title picture possibly because they I think they like him with with his size and his look, and he was a part of the Andre the Giant Battle Royal this year before WrestleMania. Like so, they I think they have some plans with him, and I think Wolf can definitely learn from a guy like Eric Young, who's got a lot of experience. And the authors of Pain, uh, especially with Paul Elring being with them, anyone who's been watching wrestling knows his history with the Legion of Doom, Road Warriors. I, I think that the authors of Pain, I, I'd imagine, are coming up to the main roster sooner than later. I, I don't know why else they would they would lose here, um, you know. Um, but I had no problem with this match. Um, what were your thoughts on this match, and what are your thoughts on you know Sanity, the authors of Pain, and you know, and then also after the match, uh, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, also right. known as Red Dragon, yeah, just come in and clean house. Uh, what are yeah, your thoughts, man? Laid them out, laid everyone out. Well, I love that. First of all, I love the ending. Like, if you want something, make it known you want it. Come out. Uh, don't play favorites. Beat everyone's ass. And then uh, make it clear what you want. So, I, I mean, I, I completely respect Bobby Fish and, you know, Kyle O'Reilly for coming out uh, and just really laying everyone out. I'm, I'm always a huge advocate for that. Um, yeah, no, to your point, Authors of Pain, they've got a great thing going. And they, they also, um, you know, I think would do the main roster a great service. I mean, you get these big guys coming in. Um you know, just just really like just just tearing it up. Uh, again, I love that. I think I think we, you know, recently. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but I was saying this to someone earlier. Is you know you need to bring that big physical. You need to bring that big physical nature back to wrestling. You know, we've had a great run of just athletic superstars, and those guys are are unbelievable. Uh, but I think for what WWE is going through right now and, and just with how they want to continue to expand their base, you need those big monsters that come in and lay those guys out. Uh, you know, because, I mean, that's, you know, that's what wrestling has been all about, is that those big guys coming in, throwing in some, uh, you know, some clothesline, body slams, uh, just that old-school shit. Uh you know, all these guys want to come in here and start dancing around the ring. You know, be weary when the authors of pain are there because you're not going to be able to just dance around them. I like that. And we even saw it when they were feuding with DIY. It's like DIY could do all the cool moves in the world, but at the end of the day, if you can't keep down the authors of pain, what's the point? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you can't get past these burnt walls, I mean, then, then, I mean, and that's, I mean, that, you know, I know we'll probably talk about this, but, you know, we saw it with the Lesnar match. You know what sure. I mean? Is you got, you got just, 
unstoppable guys. I think it's I think it's great for business. I think it's I think it's the best. Awesome. And we'll definitely come back around to that. Yeah. Um after that match though, we had uh Alistair Black versus Hideo Itami. Uh Black gets the win. I thought this was a great match. I love I, especially being a fan of mixed martial arts, I love these kind of matchups. And Alistair Black is a guy that I've been saying since I saw him debut in NXT and started noticing. I knew him as Tommy End on the independent scene, but you never know when they get signed to the WWE what what is going to happen. Like, are they going to change their gimmick up? Are they going to change their name? Like, what kind of entrance are they going to get? What kind of moveset? What are they going to be allowed to do? Blah, blah, blah. And Aleister Black, I think, is, is their next big star, at least down in NXT. Like, I think that yeah. he, has all the, he has all the tools in the world, and he's, he's fantastic in the ring and has a unique character. They're... They're missing like the CM Punk edgy. Like I think I think they were gonna try to kind of make Corey Graves the next CM Punk kind of guy, and obviously yeah. Graves he can't he can't perform anymore because of his his injuries. But uh, I thought Black versus Tommy was great. Um, what were your thoughts on this one, man? Because I mean I couldn't say enough good things about it. Yeah, I mean this was a great match of just um, of just I mean two guys just hit each other. Yeah, uh, just that back and forth. Um, you know, I mean, it, it was really, it was pretty even throughout, I thought, yeah. um, which was, which was really cool, uh, and great to see, but I mean, it, it really was, I mean, it was nice to, again, see these guys just, just, just really going, going all out. I mean, they all knew this, this huge opportunity that they have. I mean, you know, the one thing surrounding the entire weekend was NXT. I mean, that's the one thing that all these fans are talking about. Even though you've got five shows or whatever, you've got SummerSlam, you've got Raw, SmackDown, NXT is the thing that's talked about. And it's because of matches like that. Yeah, man, I couldn't agree more. And, and Atomi, too. I mean, I was just mentioning, like, what happens to guys when they come from the indies, what can happen. He's actually a perfect example of kind of the opposite. Now, Aleister Black had a name change, but he has a badass gimmick. Atomi was the man over in Japan and then came over. He was Kenta, came over, was repackaged as Hideo Tommy, and then he got hurt over and over again. And I I think he still has a lot of upside because I'm a big fan of his also. I, I like both of these guys a lot. So I'm hoping to see Atomi rebound because he definitely – at the very least, he deserves to have a chance on the main roster at some point Absolutely. in his career. So Absolutely, and I think that's and that's the thing that that uh, you know I you know about NXT is uh, these guys are down there, you know, really, really get taking beatings, and uh, and that's why I just I find it so interesting that that those aren't the matches that uh, are you know get you know get syndicated around the world. Um, I mean, yeah, you get it on the WWE Network. It's, you know, it's amazing. Uh, the network has changed the game in so many ways. Uh, but still, getting these performances out there, uh, I think, is definitely something WWE is going to need to really contemplate on on the best way to do it. Uh, because, yeah, I mean, these guys are taking beatings, and and these performances are unbelievable. And I believe, you know, more than just diehard fans need to see these. Yeah, and one, and I'm I'm agreeing with you. I want to bring up a a devil's advocate kind of point, but also come yeah, around absolutely. with 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 agreeing with you on that. A lot of people mention 
um, you know, well, they're only it's only once a month or once every two months or whatever when these takeover shows are going on. The rest of the time, they're they're taping a bunch of shows at one time, um, and they're not having these type of matches. They're having good matches, but not these type of matches on like a daily basis. Whereas the WWE guys on the main rosters are on the road, but so are the NXT guys, and that's where I'm agreeing with you. Is what people don't realize is NXT is is touring also, and they're doing house shows also. They're a legitimate third brand at this point. They're just on the network, and their audience is more geared towards people like us, uh, more like our age, our age group, maybe people who grew up through the Attitude Era that maybe fell off of, like I know you had mentioned before we started recording, like for a little while in college, you kind of fell off a little bit. That's the case with a lot of people, myself included. I was less, I was less interested when I was in college. I mean, there's other stuff going on. But, you know, when you mentioned that people need to go out I need to find out that this stuff is out there. I agree because two more points I want to make. First one being this kind of this kind of stuff is out there. You just got to find it in like New Japan Pro Wrestling or Ring of Honor. I mean, it's out there for so I just want people who are listening to know if you're not if you don't like what you're seeing in the WWE or in NXT, then like go on New Japan World and it's like 10 bucks a month and you'll see some of the best in-ring wrestling you've ever seen in your life on a, on a consistent basis. Um the second point I wanted to make, even though we were just mentioning, like, okay, so NXT, them, even if they were, we'll just say, even if they were doing it once every two months, like like this, once every two months, the WWE is never doing it. And that and that's the problem. Is like there are good things that we're gonna talk about on SummerSlam. There were some good matches on SummerSlam, but there wasn't anything to me in ring wise as good as um Alistair Black versus versus Deo Tommy or Andrade Almas versus Gargano or even maybe even the tag match. I mean, this whole card, the women's match, the whole the whole card, like all five of these matches are better than pretty much anything you're gonna see in ring on the main roster. Um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, my buddy and I pre-gamed uh, for SummerSlam by watching NXT. I had watched that before, but um, you know, we were just he. I wanted to show him because also he. He's been a diehard WWE fan, and there's, you know, there are a lot of fans that don't even know NXT exists, and that, you know, to potentially your drive-by WWE fan uh, might not think NXT is legitimate, just from the outside. So I wanted to show this guy, yo, I watched NXT last night, and it, it blew me away. And, you know, if we can segue into the Women's Championship match, Go ahead. he said that that was one of the best matches he's ever seen. Ever of, of of men of women of tag team of even you know Hell in a Cell he was like that he was like that was awesome I mean it was um, you know so yeah I mean to your point it's um it, it's that thing that that's totally out there it's it's, it's a legitimate third brand uh, you know it might be the best kept secret in the world yeah I mean there's I think there's only like a million or so people subscribe to the network or something like that uh i'm I'm sure that number is growing every day especially with them expanding to india and china and stuff but that's just a fraction of who's watching raw and smackdown every week um and and i want you to elaborate more though if you if you will about that women's match because oscar defeated ember moon uh this was kind of a surprise because everybody figured well the eclipse is coming up ember moon's move and her whole thing and what else can you really do with Asuka? I mean, what what's left for her as champion over 500 days? But this was one of the best 
women's matches I've seen in quite a while, and I thought it, I thought it was a great match. And I, I'm actually kind of notorious. I'm almost I'm an outlier, man. I'm one of those guys that like I'm pretty negative on women's wrestling fairly often, just because a lot of the time I'm like, yeah, it was good, but like you, you can't give it. You can't say it's great just because they're women sometimes. Like, sometimes, like, it's a good match, but I'm, like, in comparison to, like, an average men's match, so you wouldn't be saying it was it was that great. Like, sometimes that, that happens a lot, I feel like. And Asuka and Ember Moon killed it. Like, that is the, I, that's an example I would give to people and go, okay, see, that right there, that was as good as any, as any men's match. Like, that was legitimately great wrestling. If not better than some of the, not better than some of Absolutely, I I wouldn't I wouldn't argue against that. Yeah, and I think and I think it's because you know they, you know, um, I'm so happy that the you know the the WWE fans have responded to the women's revolution the way that they have. Right. Uh, I'm so I'm so excited. I mean, honestly, at um, you know at SummerSlam, uh, you know, some of the biggest crowd reactions came from um, you know when when Sasha Banks won. So. You know, it's just, it's, it's amazing to see, and it's amazing to see performances like that. You know, in terms of, you know, the match itself and the performers, you know, the sh- I love the streak. I think, I think keep, you know, if there's no one better, then there's just no one better. I like and, that. And right now, there's, there is no one better. I do think WWE needs to consider moving her to the main roster. Oscar, she is unbelievable. I mean, both of them are unbelievable, to be honest. I think they both deserve... Um, I mean, that match should... They they should both have been competing for one of the main roster world championships. And in my opinion, that match... That, like, there's no reason... Uh, if they don't want... I mean, if they want to stay in NXT because they love it, by all means. Um, but there's no reason they should be chasing their, their top belts. Yeah, I I agree, man. I think that I think the line of thinking with Oscar right now is she's like so vital to the brand of NXT. Not that not that the brand would like fold without her, but like the live events, especially like I I see them every time they're in Nashville or even like Evansville, Indiana, you know, surrounding cities. When when NXT's close, I try to go see it. And Oscar's one of, if not the most overperformer on almost every NXT house show. I mean the fan and she sells like the masks and stuff and you know know, it's but at some point she will have to make that move up to the main roster and she's gonna have to be selfish and say like i know what might be good for business but again i've been busting my ass as champion for over a year you know almost a year and a half right uh again there comes a point where you gotta get selfish you gotta say hey like i know you need me here um, but it's your job to find someone else. Right. A very good point. At the um, end of the day, it is just her job. Right. And all of us in life, you know, sometimes you, you become so vital. Sometimes your boss gets so comfortable because you've taken on all this stuff and, and they couldn't run without you and they remind you that all the time and it feels great to know your worth, but sometimes you, you know, uh, put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with that, man. Um, cool. Well, I'll move on, but I, I like I like that analysis on that. Um, yeah. 
Up next, we have the... I think, I, but I do yeah. think, I mean, honestly, I want them both up on the main roster soon. Because, I mean, seriously, like, so fun to watch. Sure. Uh, I mean, I have no problem watching NXT, but uh, they, I mean, again, that main roster, um, you know, we'll, we'll get there in a minute. Well, and also, and we're not going to touch on it, but also, I mean, we got the Mae Young Classic coming up at the end of the month. That's going to influx way more women's talent into the into the company, and that's going to bring a lot of great things. A lot of Ronda Rousey talk because she was at the show and stuff like that. You know, and there's also people that I've talked to that are like, well, <clears throat> you know, they don't want to put Asuka on the main roster because, you know, she's Japanese. And they do like, you know, they're pushing Shinsuke as like the Japanese guy. And the same thing with Atomi. And I'm like, that's the point I would make against that is like, it's showing that it works like historically speaking we had like i mean we've had a lot of these guys throughout the years like kenzo suzuki or like kai and tai these like japanese or asian like wrestlers that they turn into like joke characters almost immediately but now we have shinsuke nakamura who is killing it on the main roster we're going to talk about his SummerSlam match shortly but like it's showing me that I'm like no put more Japanese talent on the show like don't don't go oh we have this one awesome Japanese guy no we have three of them between Asuka Atami and and Shinsuke put them all on the main roster that, I feel like that's just even more business absolutely and also play with the idea of giving these people some managers yes some people. I yes. mean honestly like Shinsuke I mean I love Shinsuke but I mean his pre-show interviews I mean give this guy someone who can truly articulate um, the voice of this character because I'm not saying he's not doing I'm just saying like there's there's a lot of opportunities to play with if they if that is one of their concerns yeah we're not we're not saying give Shinsuke Nakamura Paul Heyman but we're saying give Shinsuke Nakamura Paul Heyman <laughs> yeah I mean fellow a fellow member of the tribe Mr. Yeah, Mr. Paul exactly. Heyman hey. You know what I mean? I love wrestling. I would love to manage a wrestler one day. I'm just throwing that out there for anyone listening. There you go. I've been the F Dude, I love it. Um, <laughs> in the uh, the main event, man, oh, yeah. Drew, Bobby Roode. Yeah, Bobby oh, Roode, Drew McIntyre. Yeah. Um, you know what do you what do you what do you think? You think he lost? Because uh, they're gonna move him. I think they have to. I think that, especially with Rude's age, not not that Rude's, like, super old, but, like, you know, he's got a lot of years on him, you know, from the indies and his long run in, uh, in Impact Wrestling. Uh, so my thing with Rude is I honestly think he has the best entrance of any, I mean, definitely of anyone currently, aside from maybe Shinsuke. I mean, I, I'd understand that argument. But, like, Bobby Rude, I think, has the best entrance I've ever seen in wrestling. I mean, it's just, like, right. I mean, and... And the real question is, like, how long do you do that in front of small crowds before you're like, how are we not doing this in front of 20,000 people on a weekly basis and, you know, 100,000 people at at WrestleMania? Like, it's just, it's, I'm not saying it's being wasted in NXT because it, it, Bobby Roode, the performer, I've always liked Bobby Roode, dating back to when I started watching him probably around the early 2000s in, in TNA. I've always liked him. But when he came to NXT and got this glorious gimmick, I'm like, this guy's a fucking star. Like, this is this right. is a dude who, like, th- th- I, we were we've been missing a Ric Flair type character, the dude with the robe who kind of struts around, the women, the the money. Venus. <laughs> yeah, man. I was just talking about him the other day, actually. Um, yeah, no, but you're, you're totally right. Just the guy that comes out, and he's like, I am the fucking man. Yeah. And there's nothing any of you can do about it. 
Yeah. I know this. I was, you know. I, I was bummed to see him lose the title. Like, cause, uh, uh, but when he lost, I was like, okay, this has got to be... going to open up more opportunities for him. You know, with yeah. every closed door, uh, you know, a new one opens. And I think, gosh, I want him to come in and tear it up. I really like I really like what he's doing. And, um, and I want him to come. I mean, this whole thing is great. I mean, he, again... He's a perfect example of a guy who's being selfish. He, he he knows what he wants. He comes in. He's not here to make friends. Uh, he's here to get what he wants. Uh, you know, and so I, I think that we're just seeing the evolution of that. Well, and characters like his, I think, are becoming more and more common. We're seeing it big time with uh, a guy like Roman Reigns, uh, John Cena historically, uh, but even like Braun Strowman right now, Samoa Joe, a lot of the guys in the main event scene are they're in like this gray area now where like the heel and baby face thing kind of doesn't exist anymore. It does, but it doesn't where in what I'm, what I mean is in, I think you understand what I'm saying, but like it's, it's, you know, like Bobby Roode is a heel character, a hundred percent. But if he was doing the same exact thing he's doing right now and wrestling other heels, it would still work fine because the crowd is still going to be into his entrance. He can still be like a heel wrestler, but it, he can wrestle heels or baby faces. It really doesn't matter because the fans want to see him. So, right. you know, <laughs> there's so many options with that. We see it with, with so many guys. I mean, like Braun Strowman, we're going to talk about shortly, but I mean, like he's, he's a, there's actually nothing about him that's a heel. He's just a really big, monstrous dude who just destroys love. everybody. Like, but, but why, with, why wouldn't he? Lesner. Even Lesnar's sure. not a heel anymore. I mean, Lesnar's right. just become a guy that people are like, yes! Exactly. We're going to see some destruction out here. <laughs> and it's like, in any, you know, it's one of these things where you know when these guys are going to be in the match, anything is possible. And I think people, people are more gravitating towards that. Yes. Uh, People are more gravitating gravitating towards the in-ring performance uh, versus all the other things around it. Well, and you know, I'm going to touch on this very briefly, but just to prove your point on that, I'm a I'm a massive fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling, and most of their shows are completely in Japanese. Like sometimes they have the English commentary, but you don't even need commentary or storyline. You don't even need to know what's happening. You just watch the in-ring match, and you're like oh, okay, this guy's kind of the good guy because of what he's doing. This guy's kind of the bad guy because of what he's doing. The match is phenomenal, and afterwards you're like, okay, I want to see both these guys again. And the WWE, it's almost like they... This is this is a bad example to bring it up right now because I love TakeOver, so this isn't about that. But so often with, with WWE, you're like... You see with 205 Live, always, where it's like, great match, great match, great match, great match fucked up stupid dusty finish every time like there's always and it's like i how can i care about these guys when like they can be the best guys in the and wrestlers in the world but if like if no one can ever beat the other person without any help like i don't care about anybody right no you're absolutely right you are i mean that's and that's why i think everyone loved nxt it's because every match had a very clear decisive one Yes. And when you get to the main roster, you know, as my buddy Dusty Slay would say, I hope you have him on uh, over on sometime, he'd say, man, you just always got to wait till next week. You know oh, what I mean? It's okay. because, it's because, you know, yeah, there's, there's, there's people cheating and then this, and then you're just like, come on, let's get it. And that's, but, you know, if we want to go to, um, 
Oh, really quick. Really, really. Yeah, really quick before we hit SummerSlam. Your thoughts on McIntyre winning the championship? Because I thought that was, I thought that was. I mean, if you're gonna do it, he's he's the right guy probably. Oh, he's totally the right guy to take it to take it. You know, because I obviously I think I think Bobby Roode's gonna leave the next team, uh, which I think is a great move for everyone. I think everyone will be happy about it. And you know, I I, I think he's a great guy. I mean, the, the fans love him. Um, yeah, I, I, and I really I, I like Mark Mike, so I'm all about it. Cool, I'm all about it too. And then after the match, I was really all about. I mean, what I love about these takeover shows is a lot of the time the coolest stuff happens after. I mean, like it's like the the little graphic pops up. You think the show's over, and then you hear the crowd like starting to like rumble, and you're like, wait a second, wait, the show isn't over, and then bam. Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish are on the ring apron, and Adam Cole comes up out of nowhere, lays out Drew McIntyre, and I mean, these guys basically having a little an, a Ring of Honor reunion, and Adam Cole debuts in the W in the WWE system in, in NXT, and they're gonna it looks like they're gonna immediately push uh, Red Dragon and, and Adam Cole as like a big faction in NXT. So even when you lose with NXT, even when you lose guys like Shinsuke or Bobby Roode or Samoa Joe, Finn Bauer, they're always ready with that next batch of guys that can just pick it up and keep the ball rolling. Yeah, and, and, and I love how that they're just integrating all of these, these, just the rich history that so many of these guys have. Yes. And, you know, WWE's, you know, they're in a great place because they, you know, so many of these WWE is still like the biggest, the best. You still get, you know, you can, you can take all this work that you've done um, and kind of bring it into a new environment where you know the fans will get to appreciate it. Absolutely, and man. That's great. That's always good. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Well, hey, let's let's go into SummerSlam now. Going to SummerSlam right yeah. now. So first match, film. I'm taking. It. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Good job from you. Oh man! Uh, well, the match did the night did start with John Cena coming out. Uh, he was the he was the first guy. Oh, we can talk pre-show matches. Yeah, want, we can do we can touch pre-show real quick. Just 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 quick thoughts on like uh, the Miz. Well, I mean, we, you mentioned like no one could get the in Miz to watch the, the Miz and the Hardy Boys. So yeah, uh, you know WWE, you know you, you messed up there, but right. Um, Hey, not a lot to say though. I mean, it's just a storyline advancing match. They're building towards the Miz versus Jason Jordan. It looks like, and right. you know, it is what it is. I have. I'm me- over the Miz though, but that's just me. Are you okay? Gotcha. I've actually, I actually like him more now than I used to. Um, yeah, he's kind of turned into like a Jericho character. Yeah. I feel like which I like, but no one did Jericho better than Jericho. Sure. Sure, uh, understood. I don't know. I do the Miz Taraj. I do like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it gives Bo like Dallas something. Mics, he flips up the, flips the WWE symbol upside down. I do like that. Well, it, he just does a really good job at being like a true heel. He's one of the only true. guys actually actually doing that. Because I, I, I'd imagine, even subconsciously, you being as big of a fan as you are, because I, I catch myself doing it also, where I'm like... Sometimes I'll be like, man, fuck the Miz, and I'm like, but like, but I'm not like changing the channel. It isn't like one of those things where I'm like, some of these guys I watch, it's almost getting to that point with like Jason Jordan, where I see him and I see that face, and I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'm, I'm not, I really, this guy just rubs me such the wrong way that I don't, you know. Speaking of that whole thing too, it's weird. It's got to be a ruse, man. It's got to be. There's got to be like. You think it's true? Like story, your storyline wise, true, right? I mean, I don't know, man. I they look alike. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> dude, the, uh, dude, the, uh, the, the weirdest thing I've, I've seen in a long time, um, after, I think it was after, like, a Raw a couple weeks ago, on social media, uh, Kurt Angle posted a picture of his family, and, like, Jason Jordan was in the picture, like, it was, like, a family photo with, like, you know, him and, like, his, like, actual kids and, and wife and Jason Jordan in there with them, like, all together, and I was, like, this is, it's, like, I don't know if you've seen The Office, but it was almost, like, it's, like, when Michael Scott, like, taped his face on, like, his girlfriend's, like, family photo, and you're, and you're, like, and you're, like, what the, f- this looks so yeah, it's weird. It's just so weird, it's just so weird, <laughs> and you're, like, and, and I, and the thing about it is, is I don't know. Right. I don't, and that's what that's what runs me weird about it. Right. And and it's going so unaddressed at the moment where I'm like, all right, this is just creepy. Yeah, yes. I don't like it. I don't oh. like him. Okay, well, <laughs> and he's a good wrestler, but sure. Um, I don't know. I, I'm with you there. Well, then, then we had you know after that, were you in were you in the crowd or in the building for uh, Neville versus Tozawa? Yes, great match. Okay, and we saw Neville get the belt back. Oh yes. Yeah. Hell yeah, I love Neville. He is the king of the cruiserweights. Um, you know my, you know some of my favorite, my favorite part part of Raw normally is when Neville wrestles. Dude, Neville's you awesome. I mean? He's awesome. He's on that Neville level. But he's on Neville level. But he he's in the guy who's gonna have to get selfish. I was watching, uh, the, I think it was a pre-show for NXT, and he, you know, they spoke to him, and he was talking about, you know. You know, he works his ass off and he loses the title, and then you're like, "Oh man, I helped build this thing." You know, I'm uh, I'm up here, and, and you know, I just I think I think given the right day, Neville could go for another title. So I think and I want to. Well, I think you're right about that. I think he has to get selfish. Like, here's the thing: he's at a good spot in the cruiserweight division, being the main focus of the cruiserweight division. But the problem it's creating, I feel like, is Tozawa is the only person that they've put in any kind of position to make it look like he's even on the same planet as Neville, like talent-wise. Because we had Austin Aries, but he's not even with the company anymore. And yeah, we all love Austin Aries. And, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where I thought it was smart to take the belt off Neville when they did with Tozawa because it gave them the out to get Neville out of the cruiserweight division. And then you've got this champion where it's like, okay, well, Tozawa's on Neville's level, but it's kind of, he's still not quite there, but he beat him and he beat him clean and he's credible. Um, But at the same time, I can buy, not that I want to see it more, but as a fan or even as a casual fan would probably think about it. You think like, okay, well, Tozawa versus like, Jack Gallagher, that's pretty competitive. Tozawa versus uh, uh, Davari, that's competitive. Neville versus Gallagher, Neville destroys him. Neville, Neville versus Dari, Neville destroys him. Um, but and they put the belt back on Neville, so I guess they're going to keep doing what they're doing. But even on top of the main roster, something I thought about as well is the second he lost the Cruiserweight title, I was like, I was like, well, they got that UK show starting soon too. I mean, he'd be like tailor made to do that UK show if they if they wanted to put him over right, there. For sure. 
So it was just it's just so many options they have with the he's guy. In, he's definitely in an in-between stage. You can tell that. You can tell, you know, when he did his pre-show interview with uh you know, with the with the, the panel, the, yeah. The yeah. panel, yeah. They um he was real angry about. You know, he, you know, he was angry because he didn't have the title, but you could tell there was more there. Yeah. And uh we'll move on from there. I, I agree though with you, man. Uh the Usos get back the tag team championships on SmackDown. Dude I love. I think the Usos are doing the best, the best work of their their career right now. Uh, I'll tell you what. What I mean, this was a very good match. It almost went twenty minutes, but oh yeah, it was a it was a real long match. How? I mean, I know there. I know SummerSlam was stacked. We're gonna go through it, but how is this on the pre-show? Pre-show, yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah, this was on the pre-show. Yeah, Randy Orton. Yeah, Randy Orton's match. You know what I mean? I was so pumped to see Randy Orton. Uh, I don't want to go there yet. We'll right. go back. Sure. Oh, man. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, you're right. It was a, it was an unbelievable match. Um, you know why? It's because they wanted to give it the time it deserved, and you can't do that uh, on, the, I think, the main time. So they were like, no, you guys are just going to get to do it, you know, right before the show starts. I mean, it really was the best. I mean, that's when you know you've got too much talent on your hands and you, and you really need to figure out where everyone, uh, everyone's place in this big thing now. Because, uh, you know, WWE's in a place where they have so much talent um, you know, and they need to be able to utilize people in a way that's beneficial for the company, beneficial for the performers' careers. Uh, you know, so that this is a, that's, that's a key sign of, you know, you stack the lineup, but hey, giving your fans a lot, a lot for their money. You know, it's never a bad thing. Yeah, and and you know that's that's a good point you bring up too. With you know, if you look at it this way, um, you know, being a, an MMA fan, the UFC does this also for people people who are listening. You know, like a lot of the time they have a stacked show, even if it isn't like completely stacked, still a good card. And they'll they basically position it as the pre-show main event, where it's almost a standalone show. I mean. When you really think about it, the pre-show was two hours long before SummerSlam, so this right. was the main event of a two-hour show. Um, right. So that's a really good way of looking at it. Is you know they they got to main event something technically, and you're right. I think you're right. A 20-minute match. Where would you have put this? When I'm looking through the rest of the card, where would you have put this while while not taking away from something else that they're trying to trying to get over on the main show? You know, like I mean, there's there's things we we could we could move around for sure but yeah I would I, say right before the final three matches I'd say right before like AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens yeah I could see I'd that right before that match but uh right there. but these teams have uh every time every time these teams have matched up it's been good every single time yeah. so yeah, it was a great it was a great match I mean it did have its moments where you know uh, you know you could tell the good guys were being real Real, real precise with what they were doing, you know, um, and you know the fans maybe didn't appreciate it so much, but then uh, they definitely revved it up for like the last ten minutes, you know, right before, um, you know, right before SummerSlam started, which was which was awesome. Awesome. Well, and that brought us right into the actual SummerSlam card, which started off with John Cena versus Baron Corbin. John Cena, man. John Cena. I thought Baron Corbin was going to win, man. I thought this was a passing of the torch scenario. And um, you know, but never underestimate John Cena. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. The guy comes out, he knows how to get the job done. And, uh, you know, Baron Corbin, I think, was lucky to be there. You know? Getting yeah. the match with John Cena is a big deal. Uh, and I don't know, I've never been the biggest biggest Baron Corbin fan, so I'm interested to see him getting literally every opportunity that, that a superstar could run. That's I'm I'm with you on on that side of it because you know I I did predict Cena to win this one, but it was more so because I was like, they just had this guy lose money in the bank and look like a moron, like right. you know, and why? why did they do that? He's he's apparently in some serious heat with management there. Yeah, I, from what I'm from what I understand, and this is just secondhand. I have not talked to anyone in the WWE who can confirm this, but. Uh, it, but you can see it yourself, actually. I don't know if it's still out there, but uh, Corbin is pretty notorious for, like, trash-talking on Twitter, which is, you know, it's a heel wrestling thing. A lot of people yeah. do it. But he got into some arguments or, like, calling out people. Like, there was one guy in particular. On his, on his official, like, WWE. On his, on his, on his personal Twitter, like, his personal on verified personal. Twitter. Okay. But... He he was calling you know he likes to call people like nerds and losers and it's like it's like I think it's funny a lot of the time because I'm like he's a heel wrestling character I get that he's just being a dick I it doesn't bother me but apparently he was also doing it to some guys who were like in the military that have pictures like standing next to like Triple H and like Vince McMahon and and it's like okay you can't be like you can't be like di- di- you know I'm not one of those guys that's like. USA, USA, but it's like you can't right. be trashing the guys we go visit overseas during like tribute for the troops and stuff. You just you can't be doing that. Right. And he does that, and I think he I think he blocks some people in the WWE off of Twitter, and they're like, this guy can't block us when he works he for us. Like, probably. So 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 I I think there's some backstage stuff going on. And I think that's uh, why they okay. took the money in the bank off of him, and then they. I mean, this was a ten minute match, and. I mean, Cena won just, you know, clean as can be with the yeah. attitude adjustment right in the middle. Totally, yeah. I mean, that, and that's, I'm glad. Me too. I'm glad, because I thought Baron Corbin was going to win because, you know, I'm glad you're, you know, that, that um, I now have that understanding of you know, what might be going on there. Because, um, yeah, I thought that he was going to win. I thought for sure they'd build this guy up. But, yeah, that money in the bank thing, what a clown. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolute, absolute clown. They really, they really threw him under the bus there. Well, my thing with that is, the, I feel like the only reason you would do that is, is to, to try to squash. Well, to just squash him. I mean, like, yeah. why? Like, I mean, there's no other. There's, I mean, there's I mean, no other imagine, reason. I mean, can you imagine that? You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> Getting that? No, yeah, no way. That's terrible. <laughs> So, hey, but here's the thing. That was was probably the most passive-aggressive call, too. You know what I mean? It's like, you're not going to talk to us? Well, suit up, bro. Yeah. You're going out there tonight. Yeah, so here's here's the plan for tonight, Baron. Uh, (laughs) He's like, like, all right, man, so, uh, so, all right, main event. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I could just imagine him standing back there and then being like, all right, Baron, so, uh, you know, so... You, you're gonna see Cena's gonna hit that attitude adjustment on gender top rope one two you jump in you cash in and he's sitting there going just 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 swelling up just oh my god and then and then all right so you do it you go after Cena gender rolls you up one two three all right yeah. and he's like wait yeah, yeah, yeah. wait what yeah. <laughs> yep and that's and it after that, pack your 
bags. Yeah, you're losing a scene in 10 minutes now, and uh, we'll think about what to do with you afterwards. Yeah, we got you a flight already. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Well, anyway, hey, hey, maybe maybe Baron Corbin will turn it around. Maybe this is just, like, a slap on the wrist. Maybe he... They obviously see something in him, but but the thing is, like you made the point too. Like I think the reason you're not a huge Baron Corbin fan is because you're a lifelong pro wrestling fan. It's the same reason that I'm not a huge Baron Corbin fan. I, I respect him for what he is, and I like the character of the guy who isn't a fan who just does this for money. But right. but that's actually what it is. Is like right. I'm behind a guy like Neville because I'm like this guy was a, a wrestling a, fan. Guys, guys <laughs> wants to be a fan. Yeah. Guy lays it all out. For yeah. Sure. Exactly. Um, all right, so moving on. On to some people who definitely want to be there. Uh, yeah. Natalia defeats Naomi with the sharpshooter for the SmackDown Women's Championship in 11 minutes. Uh, I didn't see this one coming. I mean, I'm not, I'm not mad about it by any means. And we did not get any kind of uh, cash-in from Carmella, which was something that a lot of people uh, definitely had their, their eyes on. Uh, yeah. What were your thoughts on this, man, with Natalia beating Naomi? Yeah, I like it. I like, uh, I like Natalia. You know, I, Naomi's a great, a great wrestler. I am, I, I did think she was going to carry the belt a time longer. Me too. Uh, but I think, you know, maybe, maybe she's just not healthy. And um, you know, I mean, being the champion does require like being, being fully, being prepared to just perform all the time and be able to, to do those matches. I mean, um, so yeah. So I'm excited for, I'm excited for Natalia. I'm excited for, for her to be champion. Um, you know, she comes from a great, great lineage and family and stuff. So I mean, it's always nice. It's always nice when uh, when that kind of legacy can continue. Um, but yeah, I think I think there's definitely something that Naomi just might not be as healthy at, at this point in time. I think she maybe came back a little too early because um, she was hurt. Yeah, right before WrestleMania, had to give up the belt, came back. Right. Eat right. And then she came back and got the belt. I think almost immediately. Yeah. Which is interesting. Is like you make her, you know, she's so dominant. She she, she performs so well. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I guess it's just a new, uh, it's a new era. And um, yeah, I mean, are they going to keep the glow on the belt? I mean, what's going on with that? Sure, hope not. That would that would be that'd be That's very like odd. It's like when John Cena changed her with the spinner. That's a good point, though, man, because they kept that belt for a long time. After yeah, that's better than seeing who was it, JBL with the spinner belt. <laughs> oh, oh, uh, I don't know. No, JBL, no. So JBL had it before Cena. Cena won it from oh, him. Cena took it, right. But, but, but every champion after that for the last, I think they finally changed it on The Rock. I think The Rock won it like at the at the Royal Rumble from because Punk carried it for like a year, and right. and The Rock won it, and they, I bet you anything that see that was. You know what we're talking about. These guys, you know, speaking up. I bet you anything. The Rock saw that thing and was like, um, yeah. If I'm coming back and being your champion, we're you got to get me a different that. belt. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and he's the kind of guy where they're like, all right, whatever you want. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. What, literally anything to get you back. Yeah. I mean, that was incredible. <laughs> I mean, speaking of that comeback. Yeah. Oh yeah. Great. Brings a lot of shine to the WWE whenever he shows up, for sure. Oh, totally. I think he's got one more title run in him. I mean, if Goldberg can do it at 50, um, Goldberg looked great out there, man. I know a lot of people weren't totally happy with the return, but I mean, the guy still came out crushed. Dude, uh, if if you if you call yourself from Atlanta, so again, Goldberg's like my superhero. Same, same, exactly, and that that's the thing. And we grew up, you know, in WCW country in the Atlanta, Georgia area. 
Uh, a legend. Guy is a legend. Yeah, and dude, and to anybody out there who calls yourself a pro wrestling fan and had anything against Goldberg coming in, two spears and a jackhammer to Brock Lesnar for the three, go fuck yourself. All right, yeah, like, exactly. like, like you don't you don't know like if you grew up in in our era and so, like that was. I mean, part of me was like, oh, my God, like, this is the dude who beat the streak and, like, killed everybody. And, like, Goldberg's just going to come back. And then when I thought about it, I was like, this is brilliant. Because who brilliant. who else can do that to Brock? Nobody. And how awesome is Brock going to look when he gets him back? And, exactly. and, and it worked. And, and their match at WrestleMania was actually fantastic. And it if was. You look at what, if you look at the level of intensity, Goldberg went against a UFC champion at age 50. Yeah. I mean, and again, Ric Flair wrestled until very late in his career, but completely different styles of wrestling, completely different, you know, weight classes. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Goldberg came back and, and, and took on Brock Lesnar. I mean, mad respect. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you two from Atlanta, we got, we got sidetracked. Let's get back. Dude, well, that's a... Uh... We'll always take a, a second to shamelessly plug Bill Goldberg whenever we can. Totally, totally. Um, well, Bill Goldberg, if you're listening, we love you. Yeah, we love you, Bill. Um, <laughs> um All right. Up next, we have uh, well, Big Casper's Big Show. Um, I'm not gonna lie. This is the one that I was. I had a long day yesterday. I was. Uh, I did about ten hours or so of travel on top of watching a live pro wrestling show in Illinois and then coming back and watching SummerSlam. Um, this was the match where I was kind of dozing in and out and trying to get myself back going. So I, I don't know a hundred percent what happened in this match aside from when it started getting to the point where like Enzo was kind of getting loose. Um, and then I obviously saw the end of the match and saw what, what happened there. Um, was this, was this a match in your opinion? Was this a match worth me going back and watching? And what do you think about just kind of how it all unfolded? No, I don't think so. Uh, I also, you know, this this feud is very interesting. I'd almost prefer it to just end. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, um, you know, I, I, as much as I love the Big Show, I really do. Um, I, I just don't know if I enjoy watching it in the ring anymore. At least not not. I mean, not that he's doing it that often anymore because he's definitely limited his dates, but I know what you mean. It's the same kind of thing with, like, Kane. You know, it's like, you know, we've been watching these guys for a long time, and it's almost like what we just said with Goldberg. For guys like us, like, we're never going to trash the big show. I mean, like, we, I mean, it's the we giant. The it's the giant from WCW. I mean, I remember that dude climbing the ropes and, and doing drop kicks off the top rope when he was, you know, back in, like, 1995. You know what I mean? Like, these... Like, these are guys that I have personal attachment with. Like, I love the big show. I love Kane. Like, I love these guys. You know, so, you know, you agree. Like, it's no disrespect. But but it's like, now we have Braun Strowman. Like, like right. anything anything that you could do with the big show, like, you could do with Braun Strowman now, but a thousand times cooler and way more credible with, with this other guy. And, and you have other big guys. Like, like you don't really need Kane because you got Luke Harper. Like, there are other big guys who you can put into these monster-type positions. So, oh, totally. I mean, I mean, the big show will always have a place in WWE doing something. Yes, always. Uh, and I mean, I, I think 
Um, you know, and I think they're trying to do the whole big cast, you know. Yeah. And, you know, and I like big cast, but he needs to distance himself from this feud. I, I couldn't agree more. He's and just move on. I think Big Cass is is decent for what he does, but he's still he's still green. Like there's still yeah, something totally. there's still something about him and the way that he operates in the ring and on the mic that I I think I like that they're pushing him. I understand why they're pushing him. I think he's a from what I've heard, he's a really good listener. He's a guy who's easy for them. He can he learns stuff quickly. Like they teach him and he's very receptive to what they want him to do. But there's just like good luck good luck against a guy like Strowman or Joe or, or right. Roman or you know what I mean? Like he's gonna get yeah. gonna get crushed by those guys, I feel like. Totally. So even if even totally. if Cass is, is storyline written to to win the match, he's not gonna look good against those guys. No. Not at all. So um we'll see where it goes, but um, after that, we had a 10-second match, and I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this considering you just mentioned you really wanted to see Randy Orton live. I love Randy Orton, man. I've always been a huge Randy Orton fan. Uh, the only good thing is what a great RKO. Oh, he spiked I mean, him. fantastic RKO. I mean, it really was one of those knockout. Uh, I just would have liked to have seen a real match. Uh, you know, a little more. I was looking forward to seeing a battle. Uh, but I am glad Randy walked away with the victory. Uh, and hopefully everyone in the locker room still knows that Randy Orton is the man. I mean, you know, Randy Orton's a legend. Yeah. He's a legend. He's a legend killer. You know, he, he, uh, he uh, you know, won the Royal Rumble twice, I think. I mean, the guy's unbelievable, yep. I think. He did two times. Yeah. Right. I love that. Yeah, and he is, I mean, he is basically, I mean, for lack of a better uh, I guess comparison. He's he's the John Cena kind of of like when John Cena's not around. Like he's like the he's like the other John Cena. Like he's a guy that they know. He he's not on Cena's level reaction wise. Um, he's close, but he's not. He he, he isn't John better, Cena. I think he's a better wrestler. Than Cena. Yeah, depending on what you like, sure. Than I like Cena, right? Well, Orton definitely. The thing with Orton has always been. Like, it, it's it's almost like he just kind of goes through the motions. I feel like because he has stuff that works so well that he's like, he can really do whatever. But then like the second that he turns it on and he's gonna start doing his, you know, the draping DDT and he's gonna start setting up for RKOs and stomping on the ground. It's like okay, when that happens, it's because he, well, well, because well, because he knows no matter no matter what he does, once once that turns on, like the crowd's always gonna get get with it so um in his entrance they're always gonna pop the rko is always gonna get a reaction so he's like he's got he's got everything in his back pocket and he's so naturally gifted growing up in the business third generation like it all just comes so easy to him that sometimes i wish they would just kind of change him up a little bit i kind of like the wyatt family thing but then they wound up really making that weird and i I hated house of wars um but i don't know so so we'll we'll see what they do with Orton, but I'm with you, man. I, he's he's a cornerstone of the company. He's going to be a, a Hall of Famer immediately. I mean, I want yeah, I want to see Orton, AJ Styles. Me yeah. too. I wanted to see that at WrestleMania. Actually, I I I liked the way that they wound up getting to Styles and and uh, 
McMahon because I thought that wanted to be in the best match at WrestleMania, actually. Um, but anyway, moving on. Well, actually, do you have any thoughts on Rusev at all? Because they're they're no, obviously burying no him. Thoughts on Rusev at all. I mean, I uh, yeah, I don't know. He's just jabroni. I'm indifferent about him. I'm <laughs> Well, the problem is, like, it isn't even really his fault, but it's just, like, the way they position him. And he's a Nashville guy. Like, he lives here. Like, I hope I never run into him because I, 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 I trash the character all the time on TV because I oh, her TV character. And I'm not on TV talking about it. Just his TV character. His, uh, it's like, you can only go so far being the, I'm from Bulgaria, I'm from Russia, like, I hate the USA. Because it's like, well, there's other people also doing that. And you already lost, like, all these big matches. Like, so, right. what, what, like, what do you do with this guy? Like, right. but, but here's, here's the flip side of it, and we'll get to it here in a second. My underlying theme with everything WWE right now, just so you know, it's been kind of a, I talk about it on the podcast sometimes, I joke about it with my friends all the time, is right now, though, in the WWE, like, it really, like, I hate saying this, but, like, credibility and everything, like, none of it matters. Like, like it, like you're, it doesn't, like, it doesn't matter. You, you win, you lose, this happens, that happens. As far as the WWE is concerned, none of it matters because at the end of the day, you could be Jinder Mahal. Like, you could, you could, you could be a lifelong jobber who gets the title out of nowhere. Like, anything's possible right now. Right. So, so Rusev could very well be the world champion in three months. Who, who knows? Um, for a, long, a long time. Again, it's all about right place, right time. Absolutely. Honestly. So. Uh, right place, right time. Don't get hurt. Yeah, yeah. That's a very, that's a very good point. Um, yeah. And uh, and moving on, man. We got Sasha Banks defeating Alexa Bliss. Love that. Yeah, match. that that crowd went nuts. Talk about yeah. that one, man. People love Sasha Banks, man, and I, I've been a huge fan of her. I've watched her. You know, get passed up time and time again for opportunities and things like that. And I think we're—I think it's going to be a long reign. I hope so. I, think, I, I hope so. I think, I think she's good. I think she's good for business. I think she's good for the show. She's great to watch. Um, so I think it's a smart move to, uh, to, to, you know, to, to keep, keep giving her good, good bookings because honestly, she makes. She makes the women's division more fun to watch than the men's at the moment, you know, in some respect. Yeah, well, you know, the thing with Sasha is, or the women's championship, I should say, not Sasha. I guess they're one and the same right now, but I I like seeing longer title reigns. Like, I don't like seeing when these women, or, or men for that matter, just winning the belt, have it for a couple matches, lose the belt, and then you just see it kind of rinse and repeat over and over because I like I like kind of the building of credibility of titles. I think it's a lot cooler when somebody wins the championship after like the champion's been the champion for a long time. Like it's a it's a it's a good story. And the thing I really the thing I dislike about this is that I really like Alexa Bliss. I think that she's a really good character and she's similar to Big Cass but did it better in my opinion where she's still pretty green too like she was real green coming into the WWE from NXT like she did not have the kind of experience that someone like Sasha had or someone like uh, Charlotte had or, or Natalia or anyone like that she came in and she was thrust right into the championship scene won the belt <coughs> you know a handful of times already so I like that 
But if they're going to go a different direction, Sasha is definitely the person, definitely the person to take the belt. Totally, totally. And doing it at at home in in New York makes sense too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think she's I think she's great. She's so fun to watch. Um, I was really happy. Yeah, Alexa Bliss is great. I I, I hope that theme continues. Um, yeah. But but yeah, I'm glad Sasha's got the belt now. Cool. And up next, we had a match that I was really looking forward to. It was kind of on the short side, I I think, but a good match nonetheless. The entrances were great, as expected. Uh, we had Finn Bauer defeating Bray Wyatt. Uh, I'm gonna get your thoughts on this in just a second. I'm just gonna say my main criticism of this, and this is just the cynical like negative side of me as a pro wrestling fan is okay if Finn Balor is this unstoppable as the demon and Bray Wyatt can like beat like regular you know Finn Balor me and my roommate were talking about when we were watching it and we're conditioned to know this like we've seen Finn lose a handful of times now we saw him look vulnerable against Elias Sampson blah blah blah. then why then why aren't you always the demon like if you're that much better as the demon Large and and I and I, the reason I I hate even bringing that up is because, I understand like it's for special events and I like that I like that they don't want to do it every show, but, I mean Bray Wyatt beat him fairly easily on Raw, and then Bauer like destroyed him on the pay per view, right. and the only difference was he was wearing paint one night and he wasn't the the other. Right. But this match was great. What, what were your thoughts on this match and the and the entrances? Because I mean I had no problem with any of that. I mean, it was- I mean, honestly, yeah. these, both of these guys are two of my favorite to watch. So, you know, I thought their match on, on Raw was pretty awesome. Uh, I thought, you know, I thought, the first of all, yeah, the weeks leading up to this, I think they did great hyping everything up. And, I agree. You know, uh, but, yeah, I mean, my only concern with, with Bray Wyatt is, like, I think he got too cozy. I think people compared him to The Undertaker a little too much. Yeah. And maybe he went, went to his head that he thought that he was going to be this sure thing character. Um, so I'm glad that a guy like Finn Baylor is coming along and beating him. Right. Because uh, I like Finn Baylor, but I just wanted to keep Bray Wyatt on his toes. Well, you know, me and. So many people came in and were like, he's the next Undertaker. And it's like, maybe. Not yet. Right. Well, and especially, like, he got beat fairly easily by The Undertaker at WrestleMania, like, which, right. you know. That was a really good chance for maybe them to give Bray some shine, but that's that's the problem with that they've that they've had with him, is even dating back to WrestleMania 30 when he lost to John Cena. Like he was undefeated going into that, and that was like the time was then. It was like have him beat Cena, keep him undefeated. Like this is this is your next guy. Um, you know, I I did a. a it was a YouTube video I did forever ago, and then I turned it into a podcast three years later. I aired it like a few months back, but I did like a top 20 prospects list of the WWE three years ago, and Bray Wyatt, I had it number one. Like at the time, I was like, there's no way they can mess this up. This is, right. this guy's just money. And, and slowly but surely, you saw these changes in him that I just don't, I just don't understand. We're like, I'm not I'm not like against people changing their look up, but like he went from like the like the Hawaiian shirt, like had like the rocking chair, had like right. had the family. He was like this weird like backwoods cult leader. Like and that right, was which I thought was awesome. Yeah, which which I think everybody was 
thought I mean it was just so different and and like I, I just feel like now he's like this like dark guy with dreadlocks that's just like this evil dude he has no following and he just like talks in circles I mean he has good promos but a lot of the time I'm like okay so what though like you're gonna lose so why do I why do I care about what you're rambling about so and I I hated what they did at the last Wrestlemania yeah oh it was terrible I was there live people were laughing People were literally laughing. Yeah, it was, it was awful. So, um, they, they really need to figure out what they're doing with him because they, they're on a losing streak with him. You know, they really are. Um, right between that and the House of Horrors match. Um, you know, so it's like they, they've got to they've figure out what they want to do, but it seems like now they're trying to see if Finn Balor can be that can be that and now it's like all right well now Bray's gonna have to make make a choice and again it goes back to being selfish and um and doing something that's good for him i've heard in past interviews that he's done that he fought against them taking like the family from him like he wants to grow like he wants like a big wyatt family like behind him as like a character which is smart and i think that could be next i think bringing all of them together again it could actually be a good idea because I thought all I know is like they, they were such popular characters yes such popular characters people loved them they were so weird they made wrestling uh, interesting because you had these like it was like the old wrestlers it's like yeah maybe they showed up for practice but they you know wrestled in the corner with each other you know right They're like the what is it from It's Always Sunny the McDougals uh, oh yeah, the uh, the big foils. The big foils, yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so I loved that about them, like this weird uh, inbred kind of family. So I think I think that is the best route for him. And I think that was the best route for all those guys too. I agree. To a faction. I mean, you could have the most dominant faction in wrestling. Um, you know, but it you know it is a very weird route to go in. Yes, but. An entertaining route, I believe. Totally. Um, What's next? Next up, man, we have uh, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins defeating Cesaro and Sheamus uh, close to 20 minutes, like 18 and a half minutes on this match. They win the Raw Tag Team Championships. Uh, I mean, crowd was was going wild. Talk about this being their live, man. Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, people are excited to see them back together for sure. Um, You know, like... You know, Dean Ambrose has kind of been keeping it low key recently, I think, and you know, and you know, Seth Rollins, you know, two two popular superstars, and now it's like people kind of have a reason to get back into them. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and you need those dominant tag team. You need these dominant tag teams to take on the guys, uh, these big monsters. You know what I mean? That uh, that could be coming in, and you know, because I mean, the tag team. Um, Landscape right now is filled with big guys. Got the Usos, um, things like that. So you know, I think I think they're gonna probably end up holding these titles for a while, and maybe even entering a feud with the Hardys could be super cool. Um, I think a lot of people would like to see that. You know what I mean? Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose versus the Hardys, TLC. I don't know. Oh I'm man, down. I like I'm that down. idea. I'm down. I'm, so, I'm definitely down for that. 
So yeah, so I think the Hardys, even the Hardys, I mean, the Hardys are legends and they're great at what they do. Uh, people have a real hard time beating them. So the Hardys are going to have to take a stand here too now that there's new champions. It's like, all right, I'm sure the Usos will get their uh, rematch potentially tonight. I don't know. Um, or then, uh, tomorrow, Usos. Wait, Usos. Oh, no, wait. Cesaro and Sheamus. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that Cesaro and Sheamus will, um, yeah, will get that rematch. Probably blow it. Um, and then it's like, all right, who's next? Man, I love that idea of uh, Rollins and Ambrose versus the Hardys. That'd be great. Yeah, I'm all about that. So I'm thinking, I, I'm hoping that happens because, again, I mean, the Hardys are, I guess, then it would be the next in line. Well, imagine if they had kept the club looking good. I mean, they haven't, but if they that'd be if they could have made them look good, and them them versus Rollins and Ambrose could have been could have been really good too. I mean, maybe we'll see that if they can do it right. But that's the thing. I mean, they broke up so many tag teams recently, also that like that that whole division changed so much with like Golden Truth breaking up and Enzo and Cass breaking up, and like just a bunch of crazy shit going on. Um, yeah, so I think they're kind of reshaping that area, and they're going to kind of move some people. You know, I'm interested to see what the push, you know, from now until the rumble looks like too for a lot of these guys. Yeah, well, and you know, they're they're really getting big on these like three man teams again. We're seeing more and more of these little three man yeah. groups, and like, I mean, it it's obviously not going to go unnoticed if Ambrose and Rollins stay together, and like this works out as a team. People are going to be chomping at the bit for. For their shield reunion, so yeah, I mean, there's sure so many options. Yeah, I mean, because let me think. I mean, yeah, I mean, if we're gonna talk about, uh, you know, potentially, um, you know, what happens for all the guys that were in the main event now that Lesnar wants to get, you know, showed his dominance. It's like, well, Roman's now gonna have to figure out what he's gonna do because I don't think Roman's next in line. I think if right. anything, it's Strowman. You know, Strowman for yeah. sure. Yeah. Right. Okay, uh, we'll so, get we'll get to that in a second for yeah. sure. Okay, cool. I, well, so uh, the next match on the show was AJ Styles defeating Kevin Owens. Love AJ Styles. Yeah, me my, too. One of my favorites of all time. Hell yeah, I love both these guys. Uh, St- Styles, guy. yeah, yeah, for sure. Went went to. Uh, well, he's a big UGA fan. He's from Gainesville. Yeah. Um, I, I say it. I've said it many times. I think right now, for my money. Worldwide in any company, AJ Styles is probably the best overall pro wrestler in the world right now. I think that he's he's got the total package for for what I mean that yeah, that even includes guys like Kenny Omega and Okada and stuff, guys that are killing it on the indies. Like I think AJ Styles is is the man right now, and him and Owens had a really good match. Um, one thing I love about Styles because I want to hear all about your thoughts as well. But one thing I love about Styles is he has like five finishing moves. That like totally. that that like so you don't never know and it's cute. I love he it. He actually ended up doing my favorite one, which I got on uh, which I got on video, which I'm so stoked about for whatever reason. I had my camera out uh, at the match right as the finishing move happened. Oh, nice! So you got a good Styles clash. Oh, it's great. So good. Oh, dude. Oh, it's epic. There it is. I'm watching it right now. Legendary. Oh, Legendary dude. Stuff. Can you hold that up to the screen? Will that, uh, yeah, I'll hold that up right now. Dude, check out these seats I have, man. Yeah, you got to check this out. I'm going to put you up on my big screen also. Hold on just a second. Let me get this pulled up. There we go. Oh, dude. Uh, let me restart. I'll restart. Hey, check, I mean, check, out, check out what my, my dude, head on. 
front oh, center. Oh, man. Dude, I got the tickets on Ticketmaster, so I have to pay, like, crazy fees. Hold on, I'll show you the, uh, the styles move, though. For everyone listening right now, this is, uh, we're checking out Evan's seats. Here we go. This is stuff legends of legends are made of. Oh, yeah, this is a perfect. Boom. Oh, wow. Boom. Perfect was that? Oh, my God. Dead I center. The, I got the finish. I got the finish on camera. So, yeah, it was cool. Badass. Yeah, no, I mean, AJ Styles is great. I'm so glad he retained the title. Again, yeah, I mean, it's you're going to have a hard time telling me AJ Styles isn't one of the best you've got. Um, you know, Kevin Owens is good and all, but, I mean, AJ Styles. So, really happy that match turned out the way that it did. You know, Kevin Owens put up a fight, but AJ Styles, man, I mean, the guy, I mean, the guy should be champion. I don't know yes. why he's not. I don't know why he's not one of the champions. I mean, I get it because they because people know people know they'll still watch even if you're not giving him the championship shot. But again, he's one of those guys that goes up there and wrestles every single night, every single night. Well, it's I've gotten in like some like serious arguments with like other wrestling fans, other like wrestling like analysts, like guys who actually write for for some companies and stuff like that that I stay in touch with. I've gotten. I've gotten some really mixed reactions on on me talking about this before, but I and not I mean it's all in good fun. It's all debate and stuff, but like it, this is just so backwards to me. Like, how is the United States Championship and the people competing for it better than the world title scene? It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, like isn't the whole point of being the WWE champion to be the best person in the company and and the people that I argue with are always like, well, you know, the WWE's it's in India now, so you know, good business is putting the world championship on a guy who has Indian descent and blah blah blah. And I'm like, yeah, cool, but like as a pro wrestling fan, I shouldn't have to think about that at all. Like as a pro wrestling fan, I should be like, who do I like the best, and who's the most entertaining person, and who I, who do I think is the best in the company? That's why I want to be the champion of the company. I don't I don't care that they have business in another country. As a, as a fan, as somebody who covers it, sure, of course. But <laughs> to tell me, like, because what, what AJ Styles and Kevin Owens are doing is elevating the U.S. championship. So they're taking that title and making it more prestigious. What the WWE championship is doing is trying to pull Jinder Mahal up to a main event status by being the champion. It's all, it's all backwards. Um, it's all backwards because Jinder Mahal's not going to stick. He won't stick. No. He won't stick. I mean, he might stick in, in that part of the world. I don't know. I just don't think he's really good at uh, much of anything. I mean, he's a great heel. Yeah. Because he's not great. And, you know what I mean? He's a yeah. great heel because no one likes him. Right. Well, let's talk about it because this is this is the next match is, is Mahal defeating Nakamura for the WWE right. Championship. Um, Which, yeah. You know, I, I don't think Nakamura, uh, I mean, again, he beat John Cena for the, um, for the shot. At the title, right? Um, I don't know. I just i i think i think he's also a bit, um, you know. I I get where they're going with the feud. It's a very international feud. I like it uh, from from that perspective a lot. You know, you have two guys who you know don't fit the mold, your normal mold. I think for for what you know, um, and it's it's a it's a feud. That is not your typical feud either. You know, typically you have, um, I don't know, I feel like 
very established person going against newer person or two very established people and whatnot. And this is just two completely new guys to right. like this high level of performance. Um, For the main I, title I, in the whole world. What's up? For the main title in the whole pro wrestling yeah, exactly, world. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I. I Jinder's a great deal. He's a great deal. And there are 1.3 billion people in India. Did you know that? Yeah, um, yeah. Thanks to the WWE, <laughs> I'm very aware of that. But, no, it's, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so it's one of those things where he's a great deal uh, because I think everyone can see through what they're doing and, and that even adds fuel to the fire. Yeah, it's just it's just so weird. It's so weird that, that that's, the, that's the state of it. You know, but... It is what it is. I think that Jinder is a great heel because I think he's very unlikable for a lot of reasons. Right. And the the only the only problem I have with it is, to me, now I'm I nominate Heat for saying it, but to me, he's he's like the kind of Heat I was talking about before. Who were who were we talking about? The Miz. The Miz has the kind of Heat where I'm like, oh, dude, this guy, like, I get it, I respect it, like, this guy's just being a really good heel. Jinder, I'm like. I'm going to turn off SmackDown. Like, I just don't right. want to watch this. Because it's garbage. It is garbage. He's garbage. I yeah. mean, he's just not good. He doesn't fit in with what they're doing. Like, you know, it's like you need... It's all so showboaty. Um, and there's not much substance behind it. And everyone can see through that, you know? WWE right. fans aren't, aren't dumb. They know what they like. And, um, and they can see through exactly what's happening just now how long how long are they going to commit to this seems like they're doubling down you know what I mean it's like this guy won the title you know he's been champion for a few months now um, and you know and so it's like well now what do you do with Shinsuke because he lost yeah granted was it not I don't think it was fair and square but he, but he lost well he lost and it was it, it was weak as fuck like it was like, it was it, the match. I I hated the match. Like yeah, like not like the, the 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 Nakamura entrance was great. Uh, they they made they they've done a good job of making Mahal look more like a star by changing his entrance. Like they made some key changes there to make him look a lot more legit. I I get that. Uh, okay, but. I mean, this match is like it's like all Nakamura, which I'm fine with because Nakamura is way better than Jinder Mahal in my opinion. And it's like, oh, okay, this makes sense. Nakamura's he's getting the kicks in, he's getting the knees in, Kinshasa, blah blah blah. Oh, okay, here come the Singh brothers, and all I can think is, well, there's no way they'd make it so predictable that the Singh brothers are going to get involved, and then Mahal's just going to hit the Colossus, and that's going to be it. And that's exactly what happened. And not only that, I don't know if you've watched the replay or from, if you could see it. I mean, you had great seats. You probably saw it clear as day. But he hit, like, a really weak-ass version of his finisher, too. Like, he didn't even, like, yeah. have him all the way. Totally. And, and I'm like, this is the same Nakamura that you've built up to be, like, almost like a Samoa Joe or Brock Lesnar, Finn Balor, like, level-type guy. And he just, that, and that was it? Like, really? Right. Yeah, and now Mahal's like I mean, and and it's cl- I get it like yeah, Seth Rollins had the J and J security thing, but at the end of the day, I still thought that Seth Rollins could beat people, 
I, I, I don't think that Seth Rollins can beat it, or I don't think that Jinder Mahal can beat anyone. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Well, well, switching gears sure. to the to the main event that was actually it's something I am invested in, luckily, which was, yeah. uh, which was, <laughs> this shit was not it was nuts and it was like over twenty minutes yeah, I, long. I, I got I'm gonna have to rewatch it. Uh, yeah, for sure. There's gonna be there was so much going on that it was probably real tough to keep up with live. Um, yeah, totally. Uh, but we had Lesnar defeating. Strowman, Reigns, and Joe retaining the WWE Universal Championship. Uh, a lot of buzz coming in this one, of course, because uh, a lot of a lot of people think that Brock Lesnar is going to go to the UFC again. I do too, but it won't be until probably the middle of next year. But they were kind of teasing people and made a lot that was of great. That yeah. Was great. I mean, they got a lot of people thinking that he was going to lose. And yeah. You, you know, I wrote a storyline that involves a conspiracy within the uh, WWE headquarters, which is. I'm glad he brought up the, the you know him bring being brought back on a stretcher thing because when I was watching that live, I was like yelling at my screen. I mean, this is like I said, this was a long day. I was watching this match at probably like 3 a.m. Central Time. I I was yelling at my screen, going, if this is if this is a no disqualification match, why would anybody be helping get the announce table off of Brock Lesnar? Like why are like what's like you've put him through the you've put him through the table twice you threw a table onto him to keep him out of the match because that's the point of what you're trying to do in a no DQ match is like eliminate Lesnar why are there people getting him out from under the table and then helping him and like getting him healthy in the back and then totally. it just doesn't make any sense at it all. Makes no sense exactly. Yeah, no, that's and, that, and again it's one of those scenarios where then you leave. will say the one big positive out of this this will kind of be i guess my closing thoughts on it and i'll let you go because we've been going about it 
an hour and a half or so. So thank you for your time again, man. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, for sure. Again. Well, we definitely, well, most of the time the shows aren't, you know, six hours long that we review. So usually. Totally. This was a long one. <laughs> um, but. Oh, and I enjoyed it, so you know, no, no complaints on my end. But I, one thing I want to mention, as far as the thing that I really took away from this main event, is I buy the fuck out of Braun Strowman versus Brock Lesnar now. Like, yes. you know, oh, yeah. and and you know, it went one-on-one. yeah, because he manhandled him. He manhandled. It's He's the happen. first guy we saw who's. And you got to have you watched that back yet since you. Like, with no, the commentary? I Okay, you gotta, you gotta listen to the, to the commentary during that match because uh, they're really putting over how Strowman's the first guy. I mean, we saw Lesnar, or uh, Goldberg go in there and, like, get him off guard and, like, you know, fuck him up real fast. But yeah. we haven't seen somebody just... With a healthy Brock in front of him, just yeah, just manhandle him like that. And now, now the thing is, okay, one on one, can I mean, and that's and that makes you really think. Like, is is Strowman gonna be the next kind of Brock Lesnar? Because if Brock leaves, even just for a little while, like they need someone who's gonna be with the company on a regular basis who can do what Brock does. I think, and and Strowman, I haven't seen a guy like Strowman yeah. ever. He's Strowman's the guy. I think he's the guy. He's the he's he's the new guy, and he's gonna be. Let, yeah, he's the guy that when Lesnar leaves, uh, Braun will be will will take that role of just unstoppable force. Dude, I'd love to see him win the title and then just take on anybody, like heels or faces, and just and he keep destroying. I'm okay with squash matches for the title if it's a long title reign. Like I I'd, I'd like to see him go in there and. Shit, I don't know. Think of anybody. J- Jason Jordan, whatever, somehow gets a title shot, loses in like three minutes. I mean, like, who cares? Like, because Strowman is just that much better than everyone. Like, who's going to finally take him down? People, you know what I mean? And right. That's why they had to put him in a fatal four way. Right. Because no one's been able to beat him. I mean, Joe lasted, what, eight or nine minutes? Yeah, after um, putting him through an announce table, like, before the thing even started. Right, exactly. So it's one of those things where, like, you know, um, you almost had to do the fatal four way to show that you know, so, you know, because otherwise you just have a beat down. <laughs> I That's agree. That's what he does. That's what he but does. I'm glad, I'm glad he's still with WWE, man. Again, Brock Lesnar, love that guy. I think he's, I think he's so good. You know, he, you know, he. It's just so nice to see him have such a dominant reign, and um, you know, I, I, as much as I want to see him fight in the UFC, uh, I like seeing him in the WWE even more. So. Yeah, I like seeing him in both, which is great for me because I get to have my cake and eat it too in both those worlds. I think that, I think that he'll do both simultaneously. I don't think he'll ever. I think he would be a fool to give up the schedule and money he makes with the WWE, working the limited dates he does, um, because he can also fight MMA even if it's just once or twice a year. Because the WWE can do things like I mean. Like that match we were just talking about, Brock got to sit out most of that match. They kept, aside from going through the the announce tables, which was still fairly safe. Like everything he does is very safe in there. He takes very little damage, and he can still he can still fight in the UFC. So, I mean, he just gotta he just gotta win his battles with the uh, with the USADA drug testing in the UFC. Exactly, because that's gonna be his biggest his biggest thing. Yeah, for sure. 
So anyway, so, Evan, <laughs> hey, man, I appreciate your time again. Hey, great, great being here. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, uh, had a great time. You know, people check me out at Evan Burke on, uh, on the social channels, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, that's B-E-R-K-E. And, um, yeah, man, I, I had such a great time talking about this, so I really hope to do it again soon. Dude, we'll be in touch very soon about it. Um, and I'm going to actually shoot you a follow on Twitter because I didn't know you were on there. And I will. Uh, I just got on there not long ago, actually. I, uh, yeah, uh, someone was like, You're a comedian and you're not on Twitter. I was like, ah, I guess. <laughs> so I had to, uh, had to really, really switch that up. We're trying, we're trying something new here. Hey, so great to see you, man. Keep, keep doing your thing. I love it. Um, yeah, man, we'll be in touch. Thanks, man. Later. Take care. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with me and Evan Burr here today on the Fight Talk podcast. Uh, Evan told you where to find him. Make sure to find me on Twitter at Fight Talk underscore. That's at F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. Got a Facebook group as well at Fight Talk podcast. Just search that up in the search bar or just type in Fight Talk. Should come up pretty easy. You can follow me on Podomatic. Subscribe on iTunes and Google Play. I'm on a whole bunch of other channels as well, uh, you know, all the all the major ones. Not hard to find at this point if you want to listen to the Fight Talk podcast. If you're subscribed on iTunes, please rate and comment. Just a five-star rating and a little comment in there. It helps the podcast out a lot. It really does. I know I say it all the time, but it is the truth, and it takes like two seconds, so please, please help me out. The, uh, the podcast could really use it. Really appreciate that. And also, please go on whatamaneuver.net. Got merchandise there. Anyone who uh, buys anything on there, you're directly supporting the show, and it's making the show better. It's uh, it's really helping things out, and I really appreciate anyone who goes on there at whatamaneuver.net. I have t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, anything you can think of, a whole bunch of different colors, and there's a new design coming any day. I'm getting some in person soon, so let me know if you'd like one, but they'll be available on the website very soon as well. Um, one last thing I want to mention is on the next episode, I'm hoping it'll be on the next episode, I'm going to play a short conversation I had with Emmanuel Matkins, who is the, uh, he's like in charge of the Superkick Foundation, which is a great organization that helps veterans and wrestling fans, and, and they're, they're doing some great things, and Emmanuel is a really, really nice guy. I met him in the Chattanooga at the Scenic City Invitational uh, a couple weeks ago, we had a great conversation, and I recorded a little bit of it to share with you guys so that you guys can get involved with the Superkick Foundation as well because it's a great, great cause. So I'm hoping to play that for you guys this week so you can hear it, but I wanted to make sure to mention that at the end of my show today too. Check them out, Superkick Foundation. Just Google it and get involved. All right, special thanks once again to WrestleRumble.com, Heroes and Legends, Brian Jensen at Delgado Boxing, and Williamson Brothers Barbecue. Thank you very much for listening, and I will be back soon. Hey,